Hello and welcome to an interesting choice on the Radio for Scotland Network. The comedy podcast that reviews interesting music and today is an interesting album. Today's episode delivers, it stands and delivers. It is Adam Ant's debut album, Dirt Wears White Songs, featuring our special guest, DJ Vic Galloway. So the, the thing that we always ask our guests basically is, why did you recommend this album? Like, and I'm kind of curious, did you get into Adam and the Ant from this album or when you got big and found this album after it? Exactly, the the latter. Um, like many boys and girls of my age, um, Adam and the Ants were the, the, the first band that you got into. It was basically, certainly it was for me anyway. My dad liked classical music. He played a bit of like 50s rock and roll around the house because that was his pop music. Rolled over Beethoven. Exactly. And, and in fact, the first ever cassette that I had or, or sort of piece of music that I actually owned was a sort of 50s rock and roll compilation on cassette. And um, I loved it. And in, in many ways, that's shaped everything I've ever done. But the music that I discovered and that was mine was Adam and the Ants. And it was... Um, well, the first single I bought was Stand and Deliver when it came out and it went to number one, I think. Um, so anyway, I got into it all through that and it became an obsession. Um, I'll drop some names here. Two of my friends, um, my oldest friend, James Yorkston, domino recording artist, part of Fence Collective, etc. Um, he and I have known each other. Well, I've known him since I was about three. So we got into everything together at, at that sort of age. And Adam and the Ants was our, it was our major thing. Um, so do you have James' permission to out him as an Adam and the Ant uh, fan here? We, we can edit that out. We can bleep out his name. <laughs> James <laughs> Boopston. <laughs> um, no, definitely. He he often wears an Adam and the Ants t-shirt. Um, oh. And um, if you buy my book, Songs in the Key of Fife, available in all Good bookshops, ladies and gentlemen. Um, There'll be a plug section later. <laughs> no, but um, it's it's in that as well. Martin, um, what is your background? The ex- <laughs> pretty much the it? exact opposite of yeah. that. I hadn't heard... I'd heard the name Adam in the end, uh, but embarrassingly, I hadn't really heard any of it. People, And I've told people this over the past few weeks, and they've said, oh, stand and deliver. Yeah. Which sounds kind of familiar, but I don't really know. But... You are many, many years younger than I am. Yeah. I am 42, and um, I probably discovered... Well, I started listening to Adam Ant um, at the age of eight years old in mm. 1980. So it was kind of, you know, it was it was my journey into pop music. Yeah. To discover all the pop stuff. He's, the guy's dressed as a pirate. They've got two drummers, noisy guitars, yeah. songs about Red Indians. This is amazing! <laughs> and then... Once you've sort of consumed all the pop stuff, I sort of went backwards and found this debut album, Dirk Wears White Socks. Every single song on this album feels like a pilot project for Adam and the Ants. <laughs> Every single song is sounds like a different band completely. Like the Because when I heard the first song, I thought it was all going to be like that. And the first one reminds me a lot of like Captain Beefheart or perhaps The Residents a bit. Mm-hmm. But then every song after that is like, there's a couple of songs that sound a lot like the Minutemen, and there's one that sounds like Slint, and that sounds crazy to describe. That that's what an Adam Ant album. His yeah, first one that's sounds that's like. all on one album as yeah. well. That's kind of nuts at that. I'm, I'm delighted you mentioned all of those because I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of all of those, especially Minutemen and Beefheart. I love Slint as well, but I mean, um, and of course, I discovered all of those artists later on, far many years yeah. after listening to this. So, and I also think that once you've heard a record like this, when I must have heard this, pro- I promise you about. 
10, 11 years old. So mm. when you've heard a record as weird as this at yeah. that age, it, <laughs> it scars you. you. It changes, <laughs> it changes yeah. your life. I mean, it really does. You can't, you can't really listen to, you know, medi- mediocre that, music. With that this, becomes you know. your benchmark. That yeah. becomes your normal. So everything else just... Don't get me wrong. I like chilled out music. I like minimal music. I like music that doesn't have quite so many ridiculous ideas as perhaps this record does. But when something is so dull it i'm just like mm. why does anyone like this if there's one thing about this album that is interesting <laughs> yeah that, you that might not like it true. but it's full of ideas yeah Re- regardless of the ideas the guitar work in it is really good uh, or mm. certainly my preference like people talk about angular riffs this the angular riffs on this are obtuse like i've never <laughs> heard a more like angular right. pixie style lead um guitarist before like on every single song mm. Um, yeah, the it, first song in particular is kind of nuts yeah. with that because it, it's kind of got syncopated drumming and then the guitar just comes in and... Let, let's jump into these songs then. Like, let's jump into the first one, Car Trouble, parts one and two. Um, now, Vic, you had your own Car Trouble earlier today. It's a bit... Um, I did! Synchronous. Uh, I know, ironically, yeah. No, it's, um, it's true. Yeah. That song is not about Car Trouble, I don't think. The, the, the second part is... Uh, possibly P- possibly the second part yes but part one is um well the, the first part talking about some of the extreme lyrics has mm. one of the sort of uh stronger car trouble part one seems to be some kind of um strange surrealist dream i've already mentioned surrealism but um you mentioned handicapped stuff that it's is a certainly... little politically yeah. incorrect maybe <laughs> one of the lyrics is i dreamt i was a spastic but my boots were clean i yeah. mean you can see the p- political correct brigade Going mad on that one, perhaps. Yeah, then uh, again, it's, an it's dream. you know, it's it's an unusual dream, yeah. And um, you got to remember that that whole era of uh, you it know, was a late, different time back then. L- well, late seventies, you know, like Sid Vicious wore a t-shirt with a swastika on it, and um, Susie's Sue apparently regularly used to wear like a sort of swastika armband around her jacket when going out to annoy little Britain, to mm. annoy anyone. Yeah, um, I think. So hip- at least he wasn't a white power supremacist. <laughs> yeah, no. Sp- uh, spastic was a, a not a bad term back then. Yeah, you and Drury made the whole song about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But but still, to, um, uh, to, to to reference it, you know, I dreamt I was a spastic, but my boots were clean. I, even that line alone doesn't make any mm. sense. To put it in yeah. the context of the rest of the song, it makes even less sense. Yeah. And then to call that song Car Trouble Part One, <laughs> yeah. this makes no sense at all! Well, at least it's not saying the boots are dirty, because then that could just be no. denigrating yeah. to, uh, well... To the, the handicapped. handicapped. Yeah. I'm sure they know how to clean boots. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've talked about this before uh, on previous episodes, but we're going to bring this up again. This song in particular, um, but quite a couple of other songs on this album feature question mark chords. Chords that sound like a question. Do you have a sample to play? That's a good point. Mm. Uh, let's play a little let's play can... the intro of right. Car Trouble. At this point I'm kind of thinking, is there something wrong with my MP3 player? <laughs> but no, it follows through. Is that your question mark there? I know, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, so part part uh, car trouble part one sort of ha- it, like plays around that riff. Mm. I mean, it goes off into 
yeah, ooh, it has ooh, a, ooh, ooh, ooh bits yeah. as well, but it keeps coming back to that that riff, uh, and then it kind of weirdly transmutates mm-hmm. into Car Trouble Part Two, which kind of is about. Yeah, that's a more standard yeah. song, certainly. That sounds sounds more like a TV theme to me. Can mm. you play a clip of that? Is it like two? That was uh, a single, I think. Three minute thirty. It was a single. It sounds a bit like it could be an Only Fools and Horses theme, or some some similar show. I could totally imagine this as the theme, as the credits roll on an 80s TV show. Yeah, I can see what you're getting at. I don't know what the show was about. It's going to be about a garage, probably. <laughs> Is that called about the mechanics? Yeah. Oh, Jeremy, trouble with a car again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that probably musically in terms of the chords and the way it's played and the tempo and so on is probably about the most conventional mm. thing on the record. Yeah. yeah. Although it comes out of Car Trouble Part One, which is, which is mad. really, <laughs> yeah. really not conventional at all. Uh-huh. East yeah, End like, Barrow yeah, Boy, Cockney. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of kind of Cockney type phrases as mm. we go on through the album, but mm-hmm. there's also a part where he talks about going up the M1, M2, M3. I presume that's not all at the same time because I did the research. All of those roads are basically parallel to each other. You can't go from one uh, to another. No, I wouldn't imagine so. I think it's uh, you know it's the power of song. That's that's how surreal it is. M1, M2, all these different parallel roads. That'd be crazy. I bet he. Well, I'm, I'm not. I don't bet, but I, I mean, did he dream he was a spastic, but his boots were clean? I mean, that's I'm possible. Presuming, I'm presuming this is word for word what happened to Adam. <laughs> well, anything's possible in a dream. <laughs> Yeah, let's go on to the second song. Why not? Second track is Digital Tenderness, yeah. which is a brilliant. The guitars on this are great, and the drumming's great on this yeah, as well. Yeah, we, we talked about Franz Ferdinand earlier. This is the most Franz Ferdinand song, I think, because it, it just jumped out at me like the second it starts. Uh, perhaps we could play a little. Song yeah, play a little bit. You hear that scrape? Oh, did you ever play that in primary school? Yeah. <laughs> I had to look up what that's called. Guy roll, I think. It's almost like the cowbell on the Don't Fear the Reaper song. Yeah. You've heard that. It's the guy roll version. That, oh no, no. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> He has a proficiency in turning his voice into an instrument, Adamant. Like, well, he- all the oohs and ahs and backing mm. vocals on this record are just... I mean, they're, they're high in the mix as well. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't shy away from them. Mm. Um, I mean, he's, he's known, even in his big pop moments, he's known for all his woe-woes and yeah. that Surpri- diddly quack quas and all that sort of stuff. And there's plenty of that sort of stuff on, on this album. There's a bit when he goes, bong, 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 yeah. bong, bong, bong. I think it's on, that, it's on this track, isn't mm. it? Yeah, uh, I think it's at um, 1 minute 25 or ah, something. there you go, you see. We did a Brian Wilson album, um, Smile, and it sounds, it has a vocal part which is very similar. Ah, okay. Doing, 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 doing. Yeah, I remember that from Smile. (laughs) 
for that oh, scraper still going. That's, that's drumming. That's basically the drumming is so good there. It's that's not as good as the scraping. The whole song, scrape, scrape. It's true, it's true. That's yeah, percussion. Yeah, that's the backbone of the band. Mm. We can find out. I've got the sleeve notes here. We'll find out who did the percussion. I bet it was Adam. <laughs> I want names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, percussion, Dave Barb. Mm. Who, Dave, if you're out there. Dave. Who, uh, well, still scraping away. Oh, by the way, you know that... The, still the, scraping after all these years. <laughs> well, the chorus to this song was kind of interesting as well. The alphabet you call love. Mm. I was trying to decipher that. I'm not too sure. It seems like there could be two things. It could either be like 26 guys or girls that he loves. Or like an alphabet made out of the letters, L-O-V-E. That's not a big alphabet. I, I'm I'm not sure what this um, this is sort of I don't know it's almost as close as he gets on this album to a love song in a way. Yeah. Di- digital tenderness is it is it about ones and zeros? Well, or is <laughs> sure it is it people is it digital as in your fingers? Uh, I think mm. I think it's I, I don't know I th- I think it's about people you know touching each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the song's about finger banging. I, 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 I think I think it's 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 probably you know about finger banging twenty six girls in a row. <laughs> You said it, not me. <laughs> on to the next song. Yeah, um, where are we next? Nine Plan Fields. Oh, this Maybe one's... my favourite song. Oh, is it Maybe. your favourite one? All oh, right, this okay. one or the next one, I think. This was the one from Space, right? <laughs> um, um, this this is the one about the soldier that kills loads of people. Um, he's obviously been a government um, a government sort of experiment mm. and he goes in and kills everyone at war but then they have to sort of take him back and give him electroshock therapy take out his brain yeah. stamp defect on it <laughs> as the lyrics say yeah uh, there's one of them what's it they um, fastened loads of uh, it's something they put him on a metal trolley now he wears big spectacles and he <laughs> looks <laughs> like Buddy Holly yeah. oh yeah um, they wheeled him down the corridor upon a metal tray now he wears big spectacles he sings like Buddy Holly. Yeah. Nine Plan fail. Yeah. <laughs> what was, that, was Nine what Plan? What was Nine Plan to I, I make some know. sort of Buddy Holly soldier? <laughs> well, here you go. After nine years in the army, they took away his brain. Yeah. They tattooed defect on his brow and signed him up again. He killed 10,000 Germans, 100 Japanese, a family of Hindus, and a lot of Portuguese. Just a lot of Portuguese. <laughs> what now, were the Portuguese didn't get involved? No, let... There's some I, strange war that we, we I, never I went, found out about. I went into a lot of detail trying to find some nation that went to war with all of those countries. It doesn't exist. No. It's not the UK and it's not any other country. Do the Hindus go to war? I'm not sure it's a peaceful people. Well, it's not a country. <laughs> it's, it's a strange song. It's really inventive musically. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no point in saying it's a strange song because I'm going to say that about yeah. all of them. Let's um, just cab out the whole thing. <laughs> It's a strange song. But let's play the intro to this, because this is the one I was talking about earlier. Uh, we might end up playing the intros to all of these, mm. but this is the one I explicitly said it sounded like slint to me when it started up. Not old slint, early slint. <laughs> Again, it's question mark chords all over this. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, stunning, um, unusual guitar playing. Mm. And a lot of Portuguese. (laughs) 
the refrain. I failed because the they weren't supposed to kill Portuguese. <laughs> that, <laughs> that wasn't that part was of the nine plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it truly. I mean, this is just a complete and utter figment of his imagination, which yeah. is. Um, but at what, least it's it's a coherent thing. Like hmm. the first song and this are coherent. We'll find. The deeper we get into this album, the more abstract and less coherent the ideas mm. become. There's all sorts of strange imagery in this. Rome is very pretty, and Rome is very this grand. Is <laughs> but the Keep Pope going. lost his four fingers when they gave this boy his hand. Uh, you know what happened <laughs> there? Mm. What happened? He gave it to Wolf Boy. <laughs> Half boy, half wolf. We can use the power of the Catholic Church to turn him into a human being again. Poor Rem- wolf boy. Remember, that's caveated with the fact that it wasn't funny, no. No. So this is this is your favourite so far then, Martin? Yes. This is, um, is this your favourite on the, the album? This or the next song. I'm kind of going back and forth. I've only listened to this okay, album twice. Well, let's go on to the next song then, The, mm-hmm. the Day I Met God, because this is the one I least, this is my least oh, really? favourite oh, song. This is, oh, song. I, I absolutely love this one yeah. as well, and, and this this scared me. Sorry, this is my second least favourite. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Wow, you've got loads of uh, least favourite really ones. I've got favourites and least favourites. Yeah. Um, this one um, terrified me as a boy um, because it was like you've got to remember I've, I've discovered this album probably about the age of 10 mm. mate, yeah 9, 10, 11 what, was it, what did I say earlier around that sort of time and although we're, 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 all, <laughs> we're all kind of swearing at this point but we're, we're still not really swearing mm. properly mm. By, the, by the time you're 10 I don't know you still think God's real <laughs> well but you don't think about his knob <laughs> exactly um <laughs> I was surprised at the size oh, of his knob. Uh, I mean, the fact that anyone would dare say, talk about God's knob in a song uh, is, is just... Which, I mean, it's still it's quite way, shocking. It's the way he builds up yeah. about how impressed he is. Oh, but not about like this or that. The size of his knob. <laughs> God's, God's knob, it's so big. He's just asking questions. <laughs> the day I met God, it was pissing with rain. The day I met God, it was pissing. Away. What's it? You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, impressed by the streaks in his hair, but the size yeah. of his knob. I'm not with the vision, but the streaks in his hair. Not with religion, but the, the size, size of, of his knob. knob. <laughs> I'm sure that rhymes. Somewhere. It's so. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, in every way. And, yeah. And why punk. he sings it with his like accent? <laughs> it's. It's just so mm. sneering and amazing. You've got to play a bit of this one. Yeah. yeah. Play a bit of the chorus. That's a really good transition. I like that team. Great harmony as well. Yeah. He's the fair boy now. Maybe it's God's penis is nicknamed the big boy. An omnipotent being <laughs> An of omnipotent all power. Penis. He's being referred to as yeah. the big boy. It's brilliant. It's so. I mean, like any, anyone with a. I, I'm not in the slightest bit religious, mm. but uh, but my mum is, for example. I mean, this would be a song. At, certainly at the time, not mm. so much today, but I would definitely have hidden this away. <laughs> this this is not one for mum to. What are you listening to in your bedroom? There, uh, Adam and Adam Ant. Oh, that's fine. He's, he's talking about God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's knob is he talking about? Not God's. He's talking. Oh, he's, right, he's talking about the big boy. <laughs> yeah. This is about the big boy's knob. Yeah, that and this song is a definition of irreverence, I think. Yeah, I think so. And there's a great line somewhere where it goes, "We were coming back in the van from Milan." I register a complaint with that line. I will too. I'll, I'll <laughs> second that again. That that is two fingers up at you for registering <laughs> yeah, a complaint. Yes. It's meant to be complained about. We were coming back in the van. 
from Milan. Milan. And then I saw God right there. That's that's it's just <laughs> nuts. they did that because it was such a catchy anthemic song. They're like, ah, oh, people are gonna like this too much. Yeah, came back from the <laughs> yeah. van from Milan. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Um yeah. I I just I think it's a masterpiece. A weirdoid masterpiece. Yeah, this is mm. probably my favourite song. On to the next one? Yeah, Table, Table Talk, Talk, which is... I, I like this one quite a lot. This is a slow song, and it's got this kind of... Um, it's very, very cynical, as most of the songs are. Yeah. Quite slint-esque, I think. This, that is yeah, quite very slint, yeah. yeah. Or a bit Joy Division. Actually, quite a lot of these songs are very reminiscent of Joy Division, slower ones. But at this point, the songs on the album were becoming so abstract. I can follow the previous ones... I know what they're talking about. I don't know what this is. I do not. We're having a talk around the table, table right We're now. at table right now. We're at table talking. I'm not sure if this is what he means. I think, I think t- table talk is, uh, what he means is small talk. You know, he mm. keeps, it is slightly odd, um, but he says, um, so I said to Gelly, how do you do table talk? He's basically asking one of his friends, I mean, what what small talk about? Yeah. How do I how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I, how do I go to a dinner party? Yeah, yeah, how do I go to a dinner party and actually like not dressed as a pirate, as no. a normal person? And yeah. well, That's... you can tell. I mean, imagine imagine you're at a dinner party and you sort of um, so yeah um, yeah we're thinking of getting a mortgage and uh, you know we've been looking at uh, houses in Deniston, uh, some flats that are nice, you know. Uh, and Adam's sitting there, not saying anything, and he goes looking at God. Look, last night I, I had this horrible dream. I dreamt. I was a spastic, but my boots are clean. Um, uh, I saw God's go, knob. Can you, can, yeah. <laughs> the day I met God, I wasn't impressed by the vision, but the streaks in his hair. I wasn't impressed by religion, but the size of his knob. They'll be like, get out. That's not table You're not talk. having dinner here. No, get out no politics, no religion. That's the rules of small talk. Yeah, and so that's what I think this song is about. It's, it's, I mean, where some of the previous songs are really angular and some of the songs coming up mm. are you know, strange chord changes, tempo changes, um, you know, it, it's, you don't know where it's going to go next if you, until you get to know the record. This one is quite dubby. It's actually yeah. got, it's got this kind of dubbed out um, section at the uh, end of each but, kind of verse, you know. Don't think we're not going to that sample. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, how do you do table talk? And this is what she said. Love. amazing it's amazing Very good. it's a it's a breather of a song it's slower it's 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 more conventional i suppose yeah um after all of your, your day i met gods and nine plan failed and so yeah on. he's starting to ground you back to reality <laughs> just yeah. before cleopatra which coming at you um <laughs> this is quite conventional it's got a big nice um heavy bounding piano mm. i learned a lot about cleopatra uh, in this, this song i did not know me. I don't think this, this is the least abstract song. Hmm. I thought he was just making up, like the size of God's knob, but this is apparently true, the fact that Cleopatra was a bit of a slut. I need a citation for this, <laughs> before denigrating her reputation. Yeah, musically this is kind of like a, 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 a sort of Stooges style, hmm. you know, stomper. Hmm. You could find this, slightly different production obviously, but you could find this on... Funhouse by the Stooges with the one note piano, mm. grimy kind of riff, looping kind of chord sequence, quite bluesy. Yeah. But then you've got Adam's kind of 
whooping vo- vocal over the top. And yeah, lyrics about Cleopatra... Um, Having a wide mouth, as he says. Yeah, she's a wide-mouthed girl and, and sort of basically uh, service with a smile and taking on a hundred centurions uh, in one go. And He also levels charges at Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton that they did not do a good job of <laughs> representing Cleopatra. Customer, there wasn't enough like full front nudity and like just hard uh, core sex. It was a weak distorted image. What yeah. he wanted was hardcore porn yeah. from Elizabeth Cleopatra, Taylor. Cleopatra, the porno. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure there is Cleopatra the porno somewhere. Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, They they were back in BC times. There was still video cameras. Yeah, they hadn't invented sex back then. On to the next song. I love that (laughs) intro so much. I'm Doug Stanhope, (laughs) and that's why I drink. Yeah, we heard that. That was on Charlie Brooker's, yeah, great show. This song again, like I said at the start. The Kennedy song. The Kennedy song. Every song sounds like a completely different band. This song basically sounds like a surf rock band, especially at one point later on. Um, If you've heard Man or Astro Man, there's just a part that sounds a lot like this. I supported Man or Astro Man once at uh, Nice and Sleazy's. We lent, we lent them our bass amp because uh, theirs exploded. <laughs> Ours is never quite the same. It's hard to say. But I love Man or Astro Man. Anyway, um, talking about different styles and so on, and angularness, um, mm. this is definitely, I would say, the most angular of all of, yeah. the, of, all of the riffs and songs and, on, on the album. Well, Which, let's, let's yeah, go on to anyway. the next song, because this is my favourite song on the album. Um, Never Trust a Man, parentheses, with egg on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which is be- all about a wife killing her husband because he had because egg of on his face. Because of oh, aliens. Because of aliens as well. Um, let's play the intro to this, because this, I am, I'm on board with this song, those palm beauty chords. This yeah, it's kind of a bit, I don't know, modest mousy. A bit modest mousy. I was thinking very early Pink Floyds, actually, like Sid Barrett stuff. Product placement there. <laughs> that line felt to me the most tel- telegraph line, but that's interesting because it's such an unusual lyric. But I was like, okay, he's going to say Marx next. He got the suit from Marx. Uh, yeah, I, I pulled out a gun. I saw the sparks, messed up the suit that he'd got from Marx. It's one of I the just, most British lyrics I know, as well. I know you could never get, imagine an American band, uh, even yeah. even an American band sort of like you get American bands putting on kind of British accents mm. and doing, especially doing sort of punk yeah. and new wave type stuff but they would never refer to Marx yeah. you mm. know um. the one would have kept the gun <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, uh, yeah so uh, but Sparks we, has clearly been chosen purely because that's how they get to Marx yeah I think so the suit that you got yeah. from Marx and, and where you faded out is the chorus which is she'd heard the voices from outer space she'd heard the voices from outer space we didn't space. go into that chorus I don't think this and that <laughs> kind of line I love as well I don't think there's any abstract reference to anything. It's just a fictional story of aliens convincing a woman to kill her husband. So you're going to say just a literal song about a man that has egg (laughs) on his face. (laughs) 
I, I I think yeah again another reason this album and so many other great weird art rock records are important is that it continually shows you that it's not all been done. <laughs> Who else has written a song about aliens convincing or someone pretending to be an alien to make someone's wife kill and someone else? I'm literally searching my mind <laughs> yeah, for so anything that <laughs> yeah. could be relevant. <laughs> Just anything about an alien, alien and, form, and it's about Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So Will Smith. <laughs> I think oh, that's Will the next Smith album you've got to bring in. Influenced by this album when he wrote MIB. The oh, song about aliens. That's a really yeah. interesting concept. Maybe it could be a movie as well. Yeah, the lyrics are hilarious in this, and yeah, like nice all the songs story. on this album, enjoy, get freaked out, mm. have your mind blown, but don't take it too seriously. You know, this you, is not soul searching. This is not. This is maybe not Dylan at his most profound, or uh, do you know what I mean? This is this is not a Joni Mitchell album to sob over. This is Adamant mm. being a sneering art school punk, you know, in 1978 or whatever. You know, yeah. on the next song. The next song's kind of bonkers. Next song is pretty oh, okay. This is the song that was the one I was going to say I don't like. This is the one I do not like. Well, on this, th- this one is basically art school. Um, <laughs> this he's, is literally he's, art song, art school. Uh, because he, uh, he's just listing off uh, fu- mm. uh, Italian futurist artists in the lyrics. So it's like Marinetti, Boccioni, Caraballa, Parasecchi, uh, who are all futurist um, right. Italian artists. Yeah. And they laid down a manifesto and they were part of this group. And so he's basically just going, I like these guys. Yeah. Here's this, a song about them. It took him 10 months to find the correct artists to do this rhyme at least. Here we go, here we go. I cannot find this. That, that, Futurist! Manifesto. Manifesto. And and the change to the chorus, this is really simple plodding, and then it goes into not a time signature. Do you want to fast forward? There's a bit of 1 minute 27 where the lyric is, and the future theatre goes, and then it plays a sample of just madness goes on, which yeah, is that's right. what future theatre is. Italian voices. If that's what future theater sounds like, I'm not on board. <laughs> yeah, um, futurist theater. Um, I, I have to say, even though I've been listening to this album for over 30 years, um, I still haven't gone through the futurist manifesto myself. Now, with the, the joys of the internet, I'm sure with a, 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 just a, sure mere, a mere click on Google, you'll be able to find it written down uh, from whenever the futurists were around 30s the or future. 40s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not around yet, obviously. But when they will be around. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just look for Italian futurism and their manifesto and I'm sure animals and men will feature in it somewhere I'm sure it'll make total sense after yeah. you read that <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure oh, actually that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure it'll make any sense whatsoever uh, but it's I, I worth it give him, I will give them a lot of credit like I saw that title and thought 
Okay, he's going to do the old, what is the deadliest game? Is man, because man and animals. Mm. I'm very happy he didn't do that. That's such a cliche. I just saw it coming a mile away. What's the deadliest game? Futurist theatre. Futurist yeah. man. <laughs> and also, you mentioned jazz with some of the chords. There's definitely, yeah. ja- there's definitely jazz on this album, and that is probably the most obviously sort of, mm. you know, walking bass line. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty out there. It's pretty jazzy. That, that Futurist. Manifesto. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. Family of Noise. Um, this has a very nice intro, but it's madness, this song. Like this I said, this, one, yeah. this whole album is like a further and further descent into abstract madness. Very good, good. far. Very yeah. Far. A lot of people in this guy, big world size love everybody. A lot of people busy, 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 being very modern. The family of noise is here. That's what I it think, looks like. I think this one's how it goes. I think this one's very uh, Franz Ferdinandy as well. Yeah, mm. that that could be. Mm. Of course, there's a, there's a part later on. Um, I cannot remember what the time is. There's a part later on with a harmonica solo. Mm. Now, if this was any other album, I'd be like, oh, that's a weird choice. Well, that's kind of cool. At this point, when it came in, I was like, oh, of course. Of <laughs> yeah. course this is an Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's fine. Yeah. It's know. not particularly... When's the zither coming in? Yeah, it's not particularly uh, virtuosic, though. It's no. more like a sort of Bob Dylan... Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of uh, like breathe in and out, kind yeah. of um, Darth Vader solo. Yeah, yeah, it's just a sort of yeah. I have a harmonica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I own breathe. one. Yeah, yeah. You want to just play the start of the next song? Yeah, I've wrote that. Down this, so this is the 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 very last the idea. The this idea. Is, it's the last song on the album, officially on the yeah, album. Yeah. If you bought the vinyl or whatever, this and when I first had it, this was the last song, and it's called the idea. Don't fear the reaper. This has got to be the the weirdest song on the album, or certainly. I've never heard anybody play or choose to play that bass effect before. We're going to come on to it. I went to the zoo to look at the animals. The first thing I saw was a wall full of handicapped. You pause it there. The first thing he saw was a wall full of handicapped. Just imagining like wheelchairs embedded in brickwork or something. But it's at a zoo, so it's like an exhibition or something. I'm not sure. Again, it's just like it's a shocking image, visual. but he's not mm. casting judgment. He's not sort of going, no. he's not saying, I'm the laughing at the yeah. handicapped. He's yeah. just going, that's what I, this is another of his weird surrealist kind of images. They're just hanging out in a wall. Does that that's freak fine. you out? That's your problem. <laughs> and then the next line, unless you want to play it, goes, um, so he was, the first thing I saw was a wall full of handicapped, some wearing green hats and all sucking chalky bars. Mm. So I went and looked at the three-horned chameleon. Concludes with... <laughs> perfect sense. That oh, makes perfect that. sense. There's nothing wrong with that no. at all. Concludes with... I'm sure we've all the done idea. that. The idea. Yeah, that's it. The, <laughs> the chorus of this is the ultimate placeholder. <laughs> yeah. That and he just goes the idea. The idea. It's like it's like writing um, a terrible script for a, a, a you know a film or a TV yeah. program and then going, I woke up and it was all a dream. <laughs> so it's, it's his get out of jail card. Yep. Is basically the idea. He just yeah. says after some obscure ridiculous line, it's, he stops and goes, the idea. <laughs> play it. Play it. It's ridiculous, but brilliant. Actually, don't just say the idea. 
So, um, so he's gone to look at the three-horned chameleon. He walked up and down, just trying to get close to me. A split little hand scratching at the glass. I looked at the snakes and I looked at the crocodiles. <laughs> uh, um, you better show me a man who made all of this, right? So this is what this mm. is eventually where this song is going. Yeah, he's best basically he's getting religious. He's getting religious again. Uh, the idea. Talking to the big boy. Yeah. Can we actually play a clip of where the big boy comes in, which is about two minute ten? Because he's built up quite a characterization of God so far, but this takes it in a slightly different direction. Oh, that's great. That Bass sounds like a, a pig. Or yeah. yeah, it's like an animal. It's something from the zoo. Here's God. Oh. Uh, it's, it's the best God, Alan Carr. <laughs> yeah, the idea. What a way to what a way to finish. What an idea. It's like he's lazily pitching like a movie idea. And it's like yeah, and it's a guy and he meets the girl and then the idea and then you know end the film. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there you have it. That's, so that's the whole official yeah. album. I would mention. Uh, I don't want to really do many of the bonus tracks um, but I would say that Xerox uh, is a great song I don't understand why it's not on this album yeah I mean it was it was a single and um, and often people sort of say that that's like his finest hour especially as you know whether it be the earlier punkier stuff or the later pop stuff that Xerox is just the perfect kind of new wave punk rock kind of song lyrically musically everything about it it's, it's fantastic and I remember having another person who I grew up with who loves Adam and the Ants certainly used to when he was growing up uh, was Steve Mason from the Beta Band oh, and he someone um, else outed I know I know and well the thing is whenever I've had him on my show and I've, I've sort of said will you choose some records he, he always chooses cool yeah, bits mm. of reggae and whatever it is and I always go and you really like Adam and the Ants, don't you? And he goes, oh, God, all right then, play Xerox. <laughs> and he always chooses, like, if he's going to choose one, he chooses Xerox. So, um, yeah, I think... So is he going to the Adamant Pride Parade this year? Um, is, he, is he taking that step yet? Well, do you know Do you know what? I might get in touch, because, as I say, um, Adamant is doing four nights at the Islington Academy. When I saw him a few years ago, he started with... Um, a song Plastic Surgery, which is the B-side to his very first single. So he's not just doing the big hits and mm. and cashing in. He's doing all the weird mm. underground... The deep can- cuts. Yeah, the deep yeah. cuts. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Uh, I said that on the radio for the very first time, really, uh, recently, and I took so much pleasure. My, my, my producer looked at me with, like, a, just an appalled expression. Is that more of an American phrase, or do people in the UK I think it's a 70s kind it's of a phrase, 70s, you know. Right. But uh, um, I can't remember. Your wh- first deepest cut. <laughs> well, I, I, deepest. Oh, no, I, I, I played a Twilight Sad album track from the new album, um, Nobody Wants to Be Here, Nobody Wants to Leave. And I played, I can't remember which one it was now, but... Um, I said, this is a deep cut from the album. And I played the tune and I looked at my producer and I burst out laughing off where the mic, the mic is faded down. And, and she was like, she just looked at me and I went, I've always, always wanted to say cut on, uh, on, uh, on radio. And, and she went, well, you've, you've just popped, you popped your cherry with that one. Uh, you just get like a thousand tweets. What the fuck? Yeah, what that was that? Yeah, um, yeah. Is he cut? Does he need help? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yes, so that is the album that I've introduced Indeed. you to, and, and yeah, I hope um, you enjoyed thank it. Thank you very much. Okay, so what we usually do is, with each album, we 
rate it in terms of whether we like, love, hate, or dislike the album, and then we talk about whether the... We used to do this and we've brought it back. Whether the artist has achieved creatively what they wanted on the album or not. Um, let's get your own opinion out of the well, way. Because we know what you're yeah, going to say. I, I think you know the answer to that. Um, you hate it. Uh, Adam and Yance, first, first start, strange name for a band. Mm. Dirk wears white socks. <laughs> we haven't I, even talked oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, socks spelt wrong, by the way, by the way S-O-X, mm. with a sort of line through the, the O as well. It's, it's a strange name for a band, strange name for uh, an album. Um as you strange said, song names, strange lyrics. Oh, yeah, strange lyrics are strange. The song names are strange. The themes, lyrically, musically, melodically, everything is unique, odd, artistic, visionary, forward-thinking, uncliched as well. That's so important to me. Um, I love good old-fashioned rock and roll, three-chord rock and roll, but I love music that pushes the boundaries and tries not to sound like anyone else. And that's what this record does. So if I... You know, if you were to ask me, did he succeed in his mission? Mm. It would be a, a resounding yes. Mm. He did, Martin. I would say he did succeed. Um, I'd probably say like for this. Mm. I, I did enjoy it. I've only listened to it twice. I, I said it before. This was a pleasure to listen to, and mm. I, it's, yeah. I've, it's been a while since I've listened to like even <laughs> uh, to to a punk album. So and yeah, musically it's very interesting. There's a lot going on. But yeah, I'd probably just say like. What about mm. you, John? Uh, I'd probably agree with that. Unfortunately, I cannot go into the love camp. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like this album, though. Like, I there's a lot of people who would try and get into like Captain Beefheart and would eventually say, "I respect what he's trying to do, but I can't listen to that." Then listen to this because this is there's parts that are a bit crazy, but structurally, um, in terms of the riffs, a lot of the songs. This, part this is very accessible. Crazy, this is quite accessible, mm. I think. It's got a bit of Roxy music in there as well, I think, and yeah. Bolan and things like that. It's got it's got this glammy thing, but I'm, I'm glad you picked up on the beef heartiness of it. Um, and yeah, I think it is accessible, but weird. I mm. wouldn't expect if if everyone in the world took immediately to something like this, I'd be very very surprised and mm. slightly shocked. If millions of people bought this, I don't know what he would have done for like a second album. <laughs> he could not have wrote like multiple versions of yeah. this. Album. He's pushed that envelope quite far. It would be hard yeah. to push it even mm. further. I don't even know. Talked what... about God's knob. <laughs> yeah. We're skipping over this too much. Hey, pro- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, he talks about the big boys. Big knob. It's the brilliant. Up. I'm so glad you, you picked up on that and loved it so much because you could have just gone, what? You know, not had any humour about this, yeah. you know. Uh, this isn't a very religious podcast. <laughs> <laughs> true enough. True enough. Awesome episode, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much yeah, for having me. That. And yeah, of course, um, your book. Uh, if I was going to buy a book today, is this available in all bookstores? Or I is hope select, so. select few. I think it's probably only available in a select few now, but I don't know. From it's what been I've a- heard, it's available in the Amazon. I think I think it's available on the internet, and I think it's available in sort of. I know Monorail in Glasgow mm, had yeah. copies of it. Record shops and independent bookshops, and even some major bookshops have it. It's called Songs in the Key mm. of Fife. It's about uh, the Beta Band, Katie Tunstall, King Creosote, James Yorkson, the Fence Collective, and all the intertwining stories of the characters therein. A little bit of my own story runs in it because I was in bands of them all. Uh, it was a labour of love, and. Um, 
it it's turned out what good. People seem to like it. The fans of the music like it. Most of the musicians involved have given me the thumbs up. Steve Mason, John McLean, James Yorkson, Ken Kreazer have all liked it. Um, not heard from Katie Tunstall yet. And uh, you'll be hearing for a, from a lawyer <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. And of course, you can listen to me every Monday night, BBC Radio Scotland, eight till ten, and on the iPlayer for four weeks after broadcast. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for having me.